time for our Monday's Experts Chat and fresh off a horse at the Hawkesbury Trials. Our guest this Monday is young rider Brock Ryan who joins us on the line. Brock, I know you've been busy this morning at the Trials, mate. Thanks for joining us on Monday's Experts. Yeah, no, nah, all good. Um, jumped off me last one, so finished for the morning. Fantastic, mate. Mate, um, how how was Saturday? Obviously winning that uh, the gong, a lot of emotion there, mate. And I loved your quote after the line uh, when you got back to the uh, the stores and you said, look, last week uh, or last start I was crying because I got beaten in the Golden Eagle. This week I'm crying because I won. Yeah, that's right. Um, the emotions were flying big Saturday. Obviously being in front of the hometown crowd and doing it for the bosses and on a horse that I've been been sitting on basically straight from the breakers all the way through. So it was a big emotional day and um, probably one of my best days on a racetrack yet. Let's go right back, mate, because I've spoken to you before about this, but not as in-depth. And I want to know, and a lot of punters out there and even racing fans, you, the start of your story. So, obviously, the the gong's your hometown, but you found yourself up on the north coast at Yamba? Yeah, that's right. Um, I was born down in Wollongong. I stayed here until I was about 11. And then my family bought into a caravan park up in Yamba, and uh, so we had to move up there to run that, uh, run the business and... Did all my high schooling up there, and um, yeah, when I left high school, I um, sort of didn't know what I wanted to do. I was doing a landscaping, and um, I actually uh, it's called a hotel resorts and management certificate traineeship at a caravan park, just doing all the groundskeeping and maintenance and checking people in and whatnot. Um, did that for a couple of years when I left high school, and. Just used to go down the pub on a Saturday yard and have a punt and have a drink with my mates. And, um, yeah, they just kept telling me I should be out there doing it just because of my size and because I'd always been sporty. Um, so, yeah, decided I wanted to have a crack. So you're at the pub, you're having a few bets and a few schooners, and the boys go, you know, did you think it was a bit of a G-up to start with when they were like, oh, you should be a jockey? Yeah, for sure. It went on for a for a good 12 months and just gearing me up and I, yeah, I'd just say, yeah, 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 I'll give it a go like, just with a few beers under my belt. But, um, yeah, ended up just getting a bit bored with life up there, just doing the same routine and thought, oh, what have I got to lose? I can always come back to Yamber if it doesn't work out. Um, and, yeah, it was the job I was working there. They said I'd always have a job if it didn't work out, so that was good of them. And Yeah, yeah got, on, got on the phone. My uncle had a couple of horses with... um. Gary Colvin at the time and he texted Gary Colvin in Wagga and said could you give my nephew a, a go and get him started and he actually said he'd be better off starting at Campbell Grange with um, Bede and Paul Murray so he sent me there and yeah pack, packed up me, me Commodore and drove down with a bag full of clothes and that was it got going. So, so before before that uh, trip in the Commodore uh, was it one of those hotted up ones too, mate? You're, you're oh, a bit yeah. of a rev head, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, that, it was lowered <laughs> with the rims and everything. Oh, too good. <laughs> the old, is it, was it an SS? Yep, yeah, SS, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I wish I still had it, don't worry. It's worth <laughs> a fortune now. <laughs> I know, I know. So, so you pack up the SS, you head down the highway. Had you ever been around a horse ever? Nah. No, nah, never. I think I see, I have seen one photo of me when I was about three with a little little Shetland pony giving it a pat, but um, that Fair was dinkum. that was it. I'd never touched the horse, never been to the stables, maybe been to the race once, races once on the 
for a day out with mates, but that was it. Mate, that's incredible. Okay, so let's talk about that uh, that, that first couple of days, weeks, years, uh, obviously there at Kembla with, with the uh, the Murrays. So, mate, you, you've never touched a horse. I'll be honest with you, mate. I, obviously, um, you get in and around horses in my game, but I'm not as confident as, as others around them because you're going, oh, gee, this, this big animal, what's he thinking? Were you nervous when you first jumped in or did you sort of just like, like a duck to water? Um, no, there was a little bit of nerves there. There's more nerves of just not making my, like, didn't want to make myself look like an idiot sort of thing and do the wrong thing around them. But, um, oh, there was a little bit of nerves initially, but that, once you get working with them and spend a, a day or two in the stables, it sort of just mellowed out, those nerves ironed out. And, um, yeah, it's just, just good. Just had to learn everything from scratch. And so I suppose it was all right if you look back at it because I had no bad habits. Yeah, I was just able to learn learn the right way from scratch. So what 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 did you what was your first job? Was it was it mucking the boxes? Yeah, yeah, got go in and muck the boxes out, um, and then sort of taught me how to get get a few in the in the pool and give them a swim. And um, yeah, it was mainly just doing boxes for probably well, I'd say probably a, m- a month or two, maybe yep. a month, or six weeks, and then um. Michelle, Richie, and Paul, they, Paul Murray, they uh, got a horse off Donna Grisdale, John and Donna Grisdale. Um, they were next door at the time at Kembla Grange, and um, it was an old retired horse that was, well, they said it was fairly quiet, but I reckon it wasn't quiet now looking back at it. And um, <laughs> taught, me to, taught me to sit on, don't worry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, it was good. There's a bit of a challenge, the horse, and... They'd take me up at the end of the morning. It was my last job. I'd saddle, go and get that horse and saddle it up, and I'd walk it up the road to the sand roll up the corner and um, get on it in the sand roll, and then they'd come up with me and teach me how to trot and canter the sand roll, and then just progressed from there. It moved out into a big open paddock down next to the track at Kembla Grange, and then um, eventually got myself to the track. I don't probably... I was probably on the track after maybe a month of that. Yeah. What was it like, that those first couple of gallops? I mean, for someone that had never been on a horse before, like, just the thrill of it? Was it just, you know, addictive? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I think I remember my first gallop, actually, um, alongside Brody Loy at Kembla Grange, and I looked over him and I go, geez, we're going quick, and he goes, mate, this is nothing. <laughs> we're only doing this, a, bit, a bit of three-quarter pace, just starting off up the back straight, and... um he had me jammed right up against the outside rail, and yeah, it was good. Great ah, experience. I remember it clear as day. So, what what about um, you? So, you're still obviously working at the stables there. When at what? When was your first race ride? Um, Saturday, Saturday that had just gone. That was exactly six years since I had my first race ride. Oh wow! Yeah. So there's yeah. a bit of coincidence for you to to win the goal. And where where was that first race ride? Was it at Kembla? Nah, nah, it was um, Sapphire Coast. Do you remember it like yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yep, Troy. I was in front thinking I was going to win the whole way, and I got Troy Phillips down the outside, who basically taught me a lot of things throughout leading up to race day, because um, he works at track work at Kembla Grange. He got me right on the line. <laughs> and he only ride, and he only rides once a year. <laughs> Northern Cup day. <laughs> yeah, good. So you, so you, that was your first race ride, and then progressing on from that. And when did you, you know, when did you start to roll into some, some bigger rides, or when was your first win, I should say? 
Um, it was about a oh, about a week later at a little place called Adaminaby. Um, yeah, that, that's where they filmed the movie Far Lap, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was my first winner there for Brucey Stewart on a like, 10-year-old horse called Casanova. Quiet little horse. He's lovely. Um, yeah, that was my first win. And, um, had a couple more in the country after that. But I think after about a month, a month after that, um, Gwenda put me on a horse at Kemba Grange at the Provincials, which was sort of a big thing. We had to actually ask the stewards if it was okay because I'd only had about 20 rides or 20 or 30 rides, I'd say. And um, we had to okay it with the stewards, obviously, stepping into the Provincials with so much inexperience. And I actually won on the horse and I think it was Lee Friedman did a Twitter and said, Everyone watch this four kilo kid. He's the next big thing. And I think looking back at that day, it sort of put me in the spotlight straight away and got the ball rolling from there. I think. Did you like being in the spotlight, mate, or were you? You know, are you, what do you like as a character? Are you out there because obviously you know you see your Tommies and you, some of your, your big fellas that love getting out there and, and and chatting. But then you get your others that are you know just like to sort of you know do their own thing behind you know closed doors, keep it quiet. Yeah, no, I I hate it. I hate being in the spotlight. I'm a bit of a. I grew up being a surfy sort of cruising, sort of that sort of cruisy life attitude. Um, so yeah, being in the spotlight's a bit out of the ordinary for me. And to be in it so early in my career, you know, I didn't really like it at the time because I felt a little bit of pressure at that stage. And then you know, it only took me. It was my first season of riding, and I was starting to ride for stables like Godolphin and Gerald Ryan and. You know, it was a lot of pressure really quick and, you know, I, I managed it and I had a lot of success in my first season, but to me it was, um, yeah, a, a little bit nerve-wracking. Mate, you have ups and downs in any sport um, when you're an athlete, but obviously, you know, you've had some, you know, incidents on the track with, uh, you know, obviously accidents and and falls and whatnot. Mate, what about the the low? Has there been any big low points where you've sort of thought, oh, what am I doing this for? Or has it always been, you know, blinkers, we're going to do this and this is just, you know, the beginning? Nah, mate. Oh, there's been, there's more lows in racing than highs, don't worry. Um, and I've had plenty of them. I think, you know, you'll have to be honest. I, I will be honest. I, I went to Sydney and started riding um, for John O'Shea and I was apprenticed there and got myself in a bad sort of headspace. Just going to the races, not wanting to be there and um, felt like I wasn't wasn't riding to my best ability. Lost my licence, drink driving. Got in trouble with John O'Shea and... He actually stood me down and told me I shouldn't be going to the races and I actually said, like, agreed with him and, and the stewards. As Mark Van Gessel, he brought me in and had a good conversation in the head office, offices with me and um, I actually took a step back from racing for about four months at that time and I went back to live in Yamba with my family. Me and my brother went on a holiday to Bali just surfing and hanging out and after about four months I decided that I was back in the zone and wanted to get back stuck into it. And uh, I think that was a good turning point in my apprenticeship, for sure. And like, yeah. like I said, there's been, there's been, I've had massive injuries. I've had like four or five race falls that I've had to have time off afterwards. I broke my pelvis. I've broke both elbows. I've broke both ankles. I've broke my shoulder. Um, you know, I've, I've done 
say, six, six or seven significant injuries that I've had significant time off too. So they put you mm. in a pretty bad sort of headspace when you're constantly hurting on the sidelines and you feel like you're putting in so much effort for no reward. You get yourself down, but yeah. Yeah, mate, thanks for your honesty, mate. It just sounds like not just for your riding career, that those conversations and that trip away to Bali, um, but it just sounds for your, you know, for your general life, um, yeah. a massive turning point for you. Yeah, that's right. We're, you know, we're professional sportsmen, so to speak, and you've got to be at the top of your game and always on the ball, and if you're not doing that, accidents will happen. And, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it was, a big, it was a big thing for me to do that my um, mental health side of things. I'm glad I did it. I can speak openly about it with, you know, with no worries. I'm, yeah. I've come back and I think I think I'm riding better than ever now. Let's talk about that, that opportunity to go back home. Uh, we'll go back to go back to Kembla. I mean, how did that arise, mate? After you sort of, you know, got back from Bali, etc. Was that a? Did you have to go searching, or did you have to put a case forward to the prices and, and others? Nah, look. This, when it happened, yeah, the stewards said, do you want to sort of keep going at it or what? And I said, no, nah, I'll just go and take a step back and get my head right. And um, me and Luke were great friends before before all that happened. Um, when I was living in Sydney, you know, we still used to talk all the time and that. And, um, yeah, he said, do you want to come back and have a crack? Come to my place, be apprentice to me, and I'll get you back riding good and um, get you... He said, "Get keep, I'll keep you happy, is his exact words. He said, I'll keep you happy. Um, and, yeah, so here we are Here we are now. Come back come back to Rob and Luke, and they've been great bosses and, um, yeah, followed, followed through with their, their promises. Their promise, they certainly did. And it's something about their stable too is that, you know, they've um, obviously, you know, the, the fact that they get to do it together I think is outstanding, uh, both Rob and Luke's, but... Just their quality of horse, I'm noticing. It's amazing how it just takes, you know, one good he- horse here and there to to then get, you know, others interested and wanting to spend a bit more money at sales. And you mentioned with this counter rupee, so he came into the yard and you've pretty much been dealing with him more since he was broken in. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, just touching on Rob and Luke, you know, they're they're like they're like a family to work for. You know, they we're well, a small team. They're like a family and they look after you well and. Um, I think these two horses they've got Count Ruby and Jamea, they're quality horses and they've shown that they can train as good as your Chris Wallers and your Gay Waterhouses and, and big trainers like that when once given the opportunity with a couple of good horses and um they've got them to the top level and winning massive races with them, so it's a credit to is he, do you reckon he's a mile? Do you reckon he's a mile account the rupee? Or, I mean, the way Rob's right. talking, I know. Um, I know Tommy's been sniffing around, but gee, they—they're talking a big autumn with him. Yeah, look, I like you said, I was I was with him all the way from the breakers, and those first few months, I was riding him, just galloping him. Early days, I said to Luke, I think he's going to be a real good mile of this horse. Even early days, um, without a trial or nothing, I, you just give me the feel like a, mile, a horse that'll get a mile, um, and he showed that on Saturday. But they, you know, they haven't they haven't shied away from saying they want to run him in an Everest sort of race, and I think that that's um, they could no problem. He's just got such an electric turn of foot, and when he's kept on the fresh side, twelve hundred perfect for him. Twelve, thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred. It is fresh. He's got it's just such a good turn of foot. 
Yeah, he certainly does. What about Saturday's ride? I mean, a lot of accolades, mate, um, for you, that ride on Saturday, considering the awkward draw you had. How many times did you run that race over in your head before before you got to the gates? <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I, I thought about it a lot. Um, Rob and Luke always tell me not to overthink things, but going into a race like that on the favourite um, and drawing that such a bad barrier, um, I had to go over it a lot of times through the week, and um, it ended up panning out exactly how I thought it was going to, going to all week. And um, Yeah, everything, you need luck in races and everything just fell into place that day and and it was awesome to, to get the win. So what was your game plan? Talk us through your game plan for the ride because obviously you, you you said things worked out and panned out how you wanted. Was there a particular horse that you thought that you could get cover from or you could slide in? Talk us through it. I always thought um, a horse like Ark, like I knew Arcademus had been get starting to get slow, slower and slower out of the barriers but being a Kembla Mile, I knew from that bad barrier he was always going to inject a lot of speed into the race, albeit it was always going to take him four or five hundred metres to do so. But And then you had a couple of those horses like Quacker Jack and Dawn Passage to my inside that like, they were going to go forward. And just the more I looked at the map, the more I thought it was just going to split the race in two. Um, those sort of three, four horses that go forward were always going to clear the rest of them and just open up just enough gap for me to get into and you know, that's how it panned out. Unbelievable, mate. It's nice when it pans out like that. Yeah, it doesn't it? happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a funny game too, I mean, because there you go, you can win, you win um, and you get that opportunity there uh, and it's an absolute peach. But then you're no, um, you're no stranger and as I said, you're very honest even when other chats we've had where you'll go, you put your hand up and go, yeah, that wasn't me best and things didn't pan out. It's funny old game racing, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, um. If you speak to trainers, I'm usually the first one to come in and say if I stuffed up or not. Um, you know, I don't try and make excuses. And, um, yeah, it happens more times than not in racing, but when everything works out and the luck goes your way, you look like a genius, don't you? You certainly do, mate. Uh, what, what, what do you see? 27, aren't you? I mean, yeah, 27. Yeah. 27. So, I mean, what have you... Uh, you've had a big... Six months, a very big six months, um, and and you you know you on this trajectory that's that's just going to increase, increase, increase. Are you reassessing your goals and dreams then? Because it seems like you're in a really good place. Yeah, look, six months ago, I would have been happy to just finish my apprenticeship, go back, ride it, ride Campbell at track work, and ride around those country areas. But just after these last six months and having so much luck and, you know, people are starting to, I don't know, sort of, you know, respect me as a city rider. Um, you know, that's probably my, my main aim now, to stay in the city and um, solidify my place there, for sure. So you'd look at coming back to Sydney or you'd, you can still obviously be, you know, very, you can still sort of be in Kembler and, and be there or do you have to come back up here and do your track work in Sydney? How does it work? I'll, 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 I'll still base myself at Kembler. Um, I want to keep riding, riding work for Rob and Luke, but um, I'll definitely try and get up. I'll, I'll definitely have to come to Sydney to ride track work for trainers that support me, and I'll be up there trying to get barrier trials every time they're on. And um, yeah, I still want to live at Kembler, and, but still ride in Sydney. Yeah, um, I think that I think I think the way it is at the moment, I, I should be able to work that. 
Yeah. Mate, it, it's important too as well. You know, it's a pretty tight-knit group, that Sydney Jockeys group. Um, and you get the feeling, even though I've never sat in there with them, but you get the feeling for the boys and girls that they won't they won't suffer fools, so to speak. Um, and you're very well liked, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we're all, we're all good mates in there and we all respect each other. And, um, yeah, look, I tr- never try to piss people off. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, um, I, I hope I am like by everyone, and um, yeah, I've never had a problem with any any jockey jockey in that room. They're all great folks and great riders. We had a call this morning from Dennis, who's your great uncle, yeah. And uh, he mentioned that uh, you know he was very proud of you and the family are very proud. But he mentioned as all also your great grandmother, yeah, who um, is now she's over a hundred. Yeah, she's a hundred and one now. 101. Still watches every race. How good's that? She's even got one of my old whips that she carries in her hand every time I'm racing. Oh, so jumps, she jumps up and jumps up and down, hitting her leg in the in the um in the lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> even, even if she even even when I'm even when I'm running last and she thinks I'm in front. <laughs> That's gold. That's gold, mate. I mean, to, to to have that experience too with your family. Like, so you've obviously got have you got a big family. Um, no, a big extended family, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I only, there's only, I've only got one brother, but my ex- extended family is quite large, a lot of cousins and, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and what, what about your family, mate? Any other, anyone else jump in the horse game or are they all just, you're the, you're the only one? No, nah, I'm only one. Um, only one. Mum was a professional surfer for a long time. On tour, yeah. Got to the top level. Um, uh, dad's just a mechanic and. Yeah, I'm the only, I'm the, I'm the lone horse, horseman. <laughs> Outstanding, mate. Outstanding. Before I, I wrap it all up, mate, um, what about that surfing? How good are you? Because you, I've, I've met a few blokes and surfing sometimes like the old fishing story. You know how people say, oh, I'm a really good fisher, and then you get out with them and they're, they're not that good. You can surf. It sounds like it's in the, well, it's in the blood. It's definitely in the blood. Um, my, my pop. Known as the Godfather of Sand and Point, he so he still surfs these days. Um, and yeah, my uncle was a professional. My dad was a very good surfer, but didn't didn't try the professional side. Mum was professional, like I said, so definitely yeah. blood. How close were you to being a professional surfer then? No, not that close. <laughs> not that close. I, I do. I, I, do surf, I, I surf like okay. I won't wrap myself up there, <laughs> but I, I do. I'm out there. If I'm not on a horse's back and the surf and the surf's good, I'm there. So I do a lot of surfing. Perfect, mate. Well, mate, yeah. it's been an absolute ask, pleasure. We'll ask Sam Clipperton how good I am. Yeah, well, I know Clippo gets out there. I know he took Andrew Atkins out there one day, and Atkins, he's got all the gear but no idea. Like, he went and bought yeah. the board and everything. So it sounds uh, like... Uh, he's like that with everything, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we'll wind him up, we'll wind him up. Mate, what, what about if you're a bit of a rev head, what car have you got at the moment? No, I've got a Hilux these days. Oh, you got, got the Hilux. Hilux? Yeah, all decked out to go camping, but I've got no time to go camping. <laughs> <laughs> That's gold. Oh, well, you never know, mate. You might get something out of BCF or someone. They could be listening. You could be yeah. doing the ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for a sponsor. I'll put it on me, me um, neck on the skiddies. <laughs> <laughs> and what about uh, what about the, the hair, mate? I know, obviously, you got the chop, but, gee, you were, you were sporting a good mullet over the break. Oh, no, the hair was flowing, but I was getting bagged out too much. So they got the better of me eventually. 
and it was have actually you, getting annoying under the helmet too. I was gonna, I was, have, you, have you got a partner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Madison. Have you got Mad- Madison? Okay. Yeah, she's apprenticed with Robin Luke too. So did Madison a today? Did Madison like the mullet? Yeah, she was. She was all for it. Oh, well, that's all you got to worry. That's all you got to worry, mate. Don't yeah. worry about the other boys, mate. Just get bring back the mullet, all right? Yeah, all right. I'll start now. <laughs> P- pleasure talking to you, mate. Well done on Saturday. Uh, you're the salt of the earth, and I think for people out there listening to hear that sort of story that you were on the schooners at Yamba and the boys said, go and be a jockey, and you pretty much well, you have, mate. You've started from the scratch, and uh, I think. The world is your oyster, mate. And thanks so much for your honesty as well, too, about yeah, no uh, worries, about what mate. you spoke about, mate. All right? Yeah, it's been a good journey. Thank you. It's not over yet, too, mate. Not over yet. No, so no, no. I'll let you go. Brock Ryan Bye. joining us here on Monday's Experts. What a yarn that was. And you know what? It's not the only one in our racing game. If you have a belief or a dream or you want to do something, it might not be riding a horse. It might be working with horses. It might be... You might be listening to this. And, in fact, not even in the racing game. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing something with your life, the boys and girls at the local are geeing you up every Saturday. Why don't you go and do this? Give it a crack because, honestly, you don't know where you're going to end up.